Welcome to the HexDevs podcast. I'm your host, Tiago. And I'm your co-host, Stephanie. Today we have a very special guest with us, Glady. So how are you doing, Glady? Good, thanks. Thank, thanks for having me here, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so Glady has a bachelor in computer science from the Universidad Central de Venezuela and a specialization in web application development and e-business from IBM Venezuela. She has more than 10 years of experience with user experience development and front-end development, and she's now working as a software developer at Unbounce. So, Glady, um, do you mind sharing with everyone a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, you did a very good job with the, <laughs> the resume. <laughs> so yeah, well, so I'm from Venezuela. I study computer science over there. Um, so yeah, so I, at that point, I work, uh, uh, my specialization was uh, web development. So I started working as a backend, mostly in Java at that point. So yeah, but then, uh, I start getting inter more interest in JavaScript and CSS. And when this is going to sound like a little bit old, but yeah, uh, when the Ajax came out uh, and CSS was in the boom, so forget about tables and then start working with <laughs> this HTML structure. So yeah, I forgot about Java completely and I start focusing on just front end. And you sound much happier now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so yeah, so even though back end is okay, uh, I felt way more comfortable working on the front end. Uh, also, I have the chance to interact with the designers more, which is good because I also like the user experience and yeah, and also see how people is using the product and the view you're building and see how can you improve it, that, that's my reward, mm -hmm. yeah. And so you said you were working on like UX back then and can you tell us about like the project or the product you were working on? Uh, well, the, um, the company I work in Venezuela, it was a small startup. So we were doing at that point, it was something similar to LinkedIn but for Venezuelan companies. The idea was to, for internal internal uh, service, so a bunch of companies could recruit people uh, from that um, application. You have a lot of experience with uh, UX and front-end. What were the projects that you are more proud of, of being working? What do you think was the most interesting projects that you worked on? Oh, well, I have had a little bit of everything. So it's a bit difficult to choose a favorite one. Um, when I was at EA, so of course, uh, well, I was working in the online store and plus the origin app they have for gamers. So it was, good I have the section of achievements so some games you could see like how much you progress and earn badges kind of gamification so in at EA was that was really good mm, 
yeah, some others are having just serious, uh, <laughs> uh, just regular projects uh, for banks, websites, uh, for banks, intranets. Mm, let's see. Yeah, I don't remember one another. Like I guess uh, each company has uh, its own uh, magic, mm -hmm. I guess. So e and each project also has their own challenges. Mm -hmm. And mostly uh, also as a developer, you get more interested in the technologies you use than just the, the project. It could be sometimes a little bit tedious, but you're learning new stuff, and yeah. Mm -hmm. As a backend slash full stack <laughs> developer, I have a sense that things change faster in the front end. Do you think that as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that I go back to junior every six months or eight. <laughs> So you could never say I'm a completely senior front-end developer because uh, right now you're a pro in React, but then tomorrow there's a new framework and JavaScript is always evolving and there's always something new, better, faster. I have learned to not uh, get in love or attached too much to one technology because I know that maybe tomorrow mm -hmm. that's going to change. So, but the good part is uh, each language, each framework leave you uh, some learnings mm -hmm. and you know when not replicate the errors in mm -hmm. some other new technologies. That's the good part. That's when, that's how you define how senior you are. Mm -hmm. When it's not, that you know how to manage the whole tool is just to recognize the error, no, uh, recognize where is this going to take me and try to avoid the mistakes. Mm -hmm. Is there any technology that you are happy that it just kind of died? You know, like, I don't want to work with that anymore. I want to learn this new thing that is better. Uh, well, I was learning I was learning Angular at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Classic one. Classic. Yeah. And then, uh, well, React came out. And yeah, it have, it have been very good uh, by now. Um, regularly, there are new new things to on React, which makes it better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to stay for a while. So yeah, so I guess, uh, well, I forgot about Angular, so I have to let it go. So it sounds like you're excited about React, so are you working on a React project right now? Yeah, um, our goal at Unbounce is move the whole app to React. So we are working in different projects in order to make it better. And that's the goal of our team. And yeah, so mm -hmm. let's see. But uh, until now, it's uh, just a React, but fully React development, what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of like rebuilding Unbounce and refactoring things. So I know that Unbounce is a Ruby on Rails company, right? Yeah. And then what, 
what what sort of things are you refactoring right now? Is like a Angular stuff that you're kind of refactoring to use React? Or? No, um, it's mostly the view uh, originally or from the beginning. Mm. All was done in a whole chunk, full Rails, Rails and uh, Ruby uh, app. So now we just want to separate the view. So we want mm. the view to be in React. So that's a, there's no another framework. It's just, uh, we just want to make it, make the app faster. And React mm -hmm. is giving us that. Mm -hmm. Nice. nice. Um, so you said something interesting about um, not getting attached to any language or any framework because everything changes so fast. So let's say that someone that it's really in the beginning in the beginning of their career and they want to start working with uh, front-end, for example. What advice then could you give to them? Like what should they focus on since the beginning, how they should approach their the the beginning of their career? Yeah, so well just learn the basics, the foundations, that's what's, what's not gonna change. Mm -hmm. So if you are planning to start working as a front end, so of course you really, really should know how to work at least with CSS, plain JavaScript or ES6, ES7. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, what did I say? Sorry, let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so my recommendation is to to learn the foundations first. That's the only thing that's not gonna change. Mm -hmm. um, so in front end is HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Once you have that done and you understand where it's going, then you just go and try to do it in React or Vue.js or mm -hmm. Angular if you want. Mm -hmm. But at least you know the basics and that's uh, quite uh, like the goal. Mm -hmm. Then you go to a company and, and decide and just realize they have a new framework, So, but you know JavaScript already, so you can jump to any other framework without much of a struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. It's important to learn the fundamentals, fundamentals of computer science and like front-end development. What about the basics of UX and design? Can you share some resources about that? Like, how do I structure a page or how can I make this interaction better or easier to use? Well, um, in that sense, uh, my recommendations is just start reading books about user experience. Uh, there are tons of uh, small courses in Coursera, for mm -hmm. example. So, yeah, because uh, user experience is, is a technique. So you have, to, you have to think about it. You also need to adapt. First of all, you need, the, you need to set up a goal for the project you're working on. And based on that, so you start adding or removing elements and for users to start using it. So there are a bunch of techniques in there, doing A-B testings, um, 
bringing people to use the app. So yeah, that's uh, my recommendation is just grab user experience uh, books or do some uh, courses mm -hmm. just to learn about that. Or at least you have a very close relationship with designers. So it's also something that you can learn on the road. If you start working very close with designers and start, uh, and stakeholders and make decisions about the application, so then you need to start applying user experience in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So on your day-to-day -day work, do you interact with designers and other developers and maybe like some junior developers? Do you do some mentorship or anything like that? Yeah, so regularly um, the teams I work on, we have um, back-end, front-end, a designer, QA. So, and we are a team, so we interact every day, every single day. We make all the decisions together. And, and also, yeah, so we decide what's better for whom or how my code or my solutions is going to affect the other person if, if it affected in some way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so uh, mentorships, yeah. So I have had the chance to work with some junior developers the best strategy there is for beginners, beginners have been just assigned small tasks and do, do pair programming with them. Mm -hmm. In case uh, you're working in something interesting, you can ask them to be with you to see it or you assign the ticket to them and like a, a not a basic ticket but a kind of medium level and then uh, you just pair programming. That will help the new interns or new developers to start getting used to the teamwork because that's the most important part and also the conventions of the team mm -hmm. because uh, that also depends on the company. Each team is completely different and you, ha you have to set up the agreements. And yeah, for, for mentorship, I think that's the most important. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of pair programming. And whenever I'm working at a new company, I try to convince everyone that pair programming is good. So if you want to be agile and if you want to mentor juniors, you should start doing pair programming. So do you have any tips for that? Like how, how do you start doing pair programming? Because it's kind of a natural thing, right? So you start mentoring and then you kind of show something to the person and then you start like collaborating. So it's kind of a very natural thing to start doing. Yeah, so uh, what we do regularly, at least here at Unbounce, is uh, we have a 30 minutes uh, period of time where you sit try to figure out a problem. And if you just got stuck, ask for help. That's the, that's the agreement we have in our team. And there's nothing wrong with having been getting stuck in a problem. So you don't need as a developer to have all the answers to all the problems, that's impossible. And so 
you you are part of a team and there there is where pair programming uh, makes its part so yeah some people I understand some people don't like to do pair programming because some of them feel that there's someone someone there just watching you how to code so sometimes I I mean th that situation I get nervous I start even doing typos and stuff <laughs> so <laughs> forgetting English and yeah so it's quite stressful but the um, it's uh, so yeah so you ha also have to learn how to pair program it it's first of all it's not just there uh, watching how the other person <laughs> codes it's uh well make suggestions trying to re to get a, an answer together share ideas talk out loud um, that's the most important part is uh, if you start coding and you are with someone else so you start saying, oh, well, I think I'm going to do this condition here because blah, 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 even though it doesn't make sense at that point because you are coding and talking at the same time, So, but express the idea. That's the mm -hmm. what you can take out of per programming. It's a good technique. It's very valid for uh, not just juniors. It's, of course, with juniors, it's a must, but uh, even though you're a senior, you have to pair programming sometimes. You, as I said, in front end, you become junior every seven months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, uh, so yeah. So it's a constant relationship. Also, that's also another important point. When the team is very comfortable to work in pairs or even trios or whatever, so that makes a huge bond, which everybody feels confident to accept mistakes mm -hmm. and not just let it let it go until the bug just appears because oh. you were ashamed of saying that your code is not good enough. It's no, it's like. Oi, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. I know it's wrong. Please, someone help me. Someone sit with me here. I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah. So having that confidence in a team is what uh, actually will help. It's not just being the superhero developer that mm -hmm. can do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was nice. Um, so. Do you have anything that you want to talk more about the front end? I think that my knowledge of front end ain't there. <laughs> 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 but let's say that you want to talk a little bit about your your challenges or the problems that you have been working on. Anything more about the front end world? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with front end as a well, I have mentioned it's uh, yeah, you ha you have to be getting updated constantly. Um, so it's very good if you have the chance to go to meetups. Uh, the Vancouver community, the tech community here in Vancouver is very good. So you can find all kind of uh, meetups groups from beginners to advanced. And yeah, there's a... Uh, like my main recommendation if you're wanted to start doing some front-end developer or even whatever 
it doesn't have to be just front end. Uh, as a backend, you just need to do networking and go meetups and to know what's, what's new. Mm. That is the most important. That's, that's a little task that you mm -hmm. have to have there running. <laughs> but yeah. So back in Venezuela, when did you decide to move abroad? Well, um, kind of right after the, the university. Uh, it was, I graduated in 2008. So, so yeah, so originally my idea was to just go do a, a master degree outside, maybe leave uh, in another country for a while and then go back. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I just uh, came to Canada uh, and I really like it. I really like the, the vibe here in Vancouver. So I just decided to try to find a job here. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was a bit challenging because uh, at the beginning as, uh, I just came for an English course. Mm. So in, with that student visa, you cannot do anything else. So uh, I start sending my resume everywhere. So <laughs> I just uh, have one call uh, that it was a, a consulting company called Habaneros. So they, they made the interview and the lucky part for me is that they were able to wait the two months, three months period of uh, to get the work permit. The, that's the main block uh, for someone when decides to, to work here, is that not all the companies uh, are able to wait that for that long. So yeah, so I came here, I found that job. Um, well, I got the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was funny, it was a funny story. I, I got the interview uh, in October, at the beginning of October, and they never answered me back. So no email, no nothing. So yeah, so I thought, well, I didn't did well. My English at that point wasn't that good. So yeah, so my visa expired in November. So I went back mm -hmm. to Venezuela. When I was there, I just received an email of the one of the interviewers saying, oh, sorry, all the guys who did the interviews went on vacation, so we didn't have to do the review. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we want to, to give you an offer, but yeah, I was already in Venezuela. So the, in that situation, so my, I just told them like, well, if you get, if you, if you're, it's a real offer, so I'm here. I can start all the paperwork tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a, yeah. So I, I came back to Venezuela without any certainty that I will be able to come back to Vancouver soon. And then this happens, which it was a bit of a luck. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So if you, so, but you, you couldn't stay more, right? Because your visa was expiring, so you had to leave? Or could yeah. you could you have stayed a little more? 
No, no, really. Like, legally, you have to stay <laughs> until until the visa says. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I had the flight tickets to exactly the last day of the visa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. So, and then you just packed your bags and came back to Vancouver? <laughs> kind of. Well, also, Venezuelan situation is not the best. At that point, it wasn't that bad, but it still was bad. You could see it coming. As a developer, you have that vision when the <laughs> where the error is gonna happen. So <laughs> where where the bug is gonna come out? Mm -hmm. But uh, so yeah, so yeah, it was like that. I uh, just grab. I got the the work permit on mm -hmm. Tuesday, and I gra was grabbing the the airplane on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I arrived here. The l I remember it was the last day of the Winter Olympics. Mm. So <laughs> at least I have the chance to to celebrate the gold medal, the <laughs> hockey gold medal. Okay. So it was a gold medal for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won the gold medal yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I quite follow. How long did the process go? Like until they sent you the offer and until you got the work permit? So I started the process in December, December 2009 in, in Venezuela. And of course, well, and then uh, I got the work permit at the almost at the end of February. So mm -hmm. it's two months. Mm -hmm. But of course, at that point, Canada had this, um, Canada was looking for, for developers. So if you are, if you were a developer, uh, instead of applying for the whole market, labor market opinion um, process, you could skip it. Mm -hmm. So instead of one month, it was just two weeks. So that, that made the process way faster. Mm. which uh, some other friends that they came to Canada in 2005 like years ago, yeah, 2014 or so, mm. they, even though they, they are computer scientists too, uh, they, they, they had to wait for the three months of the labor market. Mm. So it seems that the developers community here in Canada is growing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now we don't have that priority of uh, <laughs> just to skip it to have it two weeks. But of course I have a long time that I don't check the immigration <laughs> processes. So maybe we could have that advantage again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, my, my visa, I got my visa in two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's a new process called Global Skills Visa. And so after I got the the offer, the company kind of helped me sponsor the visa, and then Van Hack also helped helped me a little bit, and then uh, they did the pap the paperwork, and after two weeks I got the visa, and then I had to do some other stuff on my side, so do my pa paperwork and medical exams and stuff, mm -hmm. and then after a month or so. Mm -hmm. We got the the visa and the work permit, mm -hmm. and then we came here. Yeah. 
Wow. So it's it's easy. I, it's easier now, I think. So. Yeah. So I guess uh, finally it's, uh, it's improving then. Yes. Which is um, good. Yeah. Unless you want to come directly as a permanent resident, then I guess that you need to go through all through all the express entry process, which may take like six months to one year, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, so I know that you can apply to be a permanent resident uh, from from outside, even mm -hmm. if you haven't been in Canada ever. Yeah. Um, before before it was uh, around three years, but now with this express visa, so I guess it's one year, one year and a half, mm -hmm. which is way better. But yeah, so in that sense, it's good because if you're not uh, you haven't decided yet mm -hmm. when you're leaving your country. It's a very tough decision for people. So yeah, just send the papers, mm -hmm. leave that process <laughs> running, and eventually you will get the papers and you can just arrive Canada with uh, being able to work in whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And what was your first impression of Vancouver? Do you remember? Uh, well, wha well, in Venezuela, so when when you think in Canada, you think that's all uh, snow <laughs> <laughs> all over, <laughs> which is not the case at all here in Vancouver. <laughs> it's pretty hot today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that was my first uh, impression. Also. In Venezuela, we don't have seasons, so the sun comes out the whole year 5.36 or 6 a.m. and leave at 6 p.m. That's uh, so the whole year. So here I arrived on May. Uh, I came the first time on May and having a day, a long day until 9, 10. And wow, for me, that was huge. That was the experience. But in the downsides, when winter come, came, there is the other way around. <laughs> and <laughs> that sense, I didn't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was the opposite, the completely opposite. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I really like Vancouver. It's a very nice city to live. It has a little bit of everything. It's mm -hmm. multicultural, which, which is also Actually, not just the, the weather. I think uh, the fact that it's multicultural is the most important part because mm -hmm. I have never felt an immigrant mm -hmm. here in Canada it's because everybody from everywhere yeah. is... Actually, that was one of the challenges at mm -hmm. some point. My first couple of months here, I was trying to find a Canadian, like, uh, I say that truly, true, real, real <laughs> Canadian that at least have three, four generations born and raised here. And at that point, my first six months, I just met one. So that tells you a lot because, uh, yeah, so people don't care where where you're coming from. Everybody is the same. Everybody have had at some point to deal with immigration. You have to get used to different accents. Mm -hmm. Um, which at the beginning for me was a little bit difficult mm -hmm. 
because I didn't uh, speak English well to plus get used to new accents. <laughs> But well, everybody had to get used to my accent too. So is yeah. Yeah, nice. And what about the workplace? Like, did you feel, did you feel like it was very different from the, the places you worked in Venezuela? Uh, so, yeah, of course. The um, I think the main difference is uh, culturally. Um, of course, in Latin America, everybody's more open and making jokes all mm -hmm. day. Um, which was a little bit of a difference here. It was like more serious environment. But but yeah, but I had the chance to work with very professional people that and mostly tech companies also have their hangout uh, times and I had the chance to to know a lot of people and get used to the culture here. Mm -hmm. So also well um i have worked in different companies so each company has their own rules and way to work so so yeah so i have to get used to all that too so when did you start working at mbounce and why did you decide to start working there uh so yeah so i started working at mbounce in january this year uh i had Well, my husband used to work at Unbounce mm. before, so I had the chance to to meet the people and get involved with the Unbounce culture, mm. and I just fell in love of that. Even though I wasn't, it wasn't my job or it wasn't my my company. Uh, I had the chance to meet a lot of Unbouncers and hang out with them outside office, mm. and yeah. So that's why I, I mostly show some bounds to start working on, mm -hmm. uh, more in a cultural, because I fall in love with the culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the culture? Like how, how is it different from other companies? Well, so Unbounce culture is centered on people. So we, at Unbounce, we care a lot about everybody, everybody's being happy with what they're doing because when you're happy in your team and happy with uh, the work you do every day, so you do it better. It's not a pressure that mm -hmm. someone is on top of you watching every day what you're doing, if you're doing it good or mm -hmm. wrong. So, so yeah, so that, That part is what uh, makes Unbounds like uh, like a better place to work for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wish everyone could say that. I'm sure there are some people listening right now and they're like, oh God, I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> my company is not like yeah. that. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, um, Estella was here and she said, a little bit about her onboarding process and we we thought it was really thoughtful from a bounce to taking care of really onboarding her it was more than just getting a new job she was like changing <laughs> like from from a country to another so it was really nice 
um, the way that she talked to us about it, and you are also saying that. So I think that people can take um, um, can have a, an idea of how unbounce um, works. And that said, do you have any tips or advice? For people that are listening right now and they are looking for getting a job abroad, uh, of course, uh, a lot of things have changed mm -hmm. since you moved to Vancouver, but still, I'm sure you might have some advice or, I don't know, any tips? Yeah, so, well, the the first thing that you have to to think about is that you, know, you have to let go fear because moving to another country is a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. You're going to a different place, different people, different culture, you have different language too, which could be very intimidating for mm -hmm. for people that is uh, in another country that have an idea to work abroad, but mm, actually it's that fear that uh, don't let them. So yeah, after that, well, go start checking um, all the websites, careers. I think most important, read visions, missions, and uh, the about of the each company you want to uh, apply, because uh, that will help you to make the right choice. Mm -hmm. If you feel that you can um, match with the culture of that company, yeah, so that will be the best decision you can make uh, because uh, the idea is not to just uh, be in an office and that's mm -hmm. it. What else can you do as a, yeah. So I think, uh, mm, well, mm -hmm. so yeah. I don't, nothing mm -hmm. else comes come to mind. Yeah, about yeah. The, mm, the, the language. That I feel like the language might be one of the biggest challenges that some people face. For example, I know a lot of people back in Brazil that are really, really talented professionals, and I would always say, "Why don't you try um, moving abroad um, and everything?" But then people would always say, "You know, my my English is not that great, and all of that." But we have you here saying that you got your first job here and you didn't have like a really good <laughs> English, but I feel that everyone feels that way. Um, but still, if you are able to communicate, I think that it's, it's not that big a, of a deal. So. I think that when you say about the language as being the, the most, one of the most challenging uh, problems, um, I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, so um, you have to, to learn new ways to communicate. And yeah, the beginning can be tough. In our career, the good part of it is that all the terms all the languages, all the tools we use, mm -hmm. uh, we have to use terminology in English. Actually, you ha have to read 
tutorials in English mm. because you can always to be translated to your your <laughs> language. So it will be out of date. Mm -hmm. So uh, happens to me at the beginning is going to be hard. I had the English base enough to pass an, a technical interview. Mm -hmm. So I could explain all my ideas, all how to resolve the problems, but my but in a social event I was mute. I yeah, I didn't know how to make jokes or quite like uh be my full se self in a in a party. <laughs> uh yeah, so but that's something that you start learning. Uh uh, one thing that you have to do is when you move abroad and you want to continue improving your uh, English is try to make uh, people who don't speak your same language. That if you can find someone that speaks the completely opposite to you, that you cannot understand, you're going to be forced to learn English. So, so yeah, at the beginning, you could see it as a big wall but it's not. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of practice and getting used to it. And uh, in tech, you have half that way mm -hmm. already because you don't have to learn new, like how to work in English. You can do that already. You just need to learn how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So you've been, you've been here for 10 years did you have to overcome a fear or did you have a challenge or something happened to you and say, oh, I need to do this thing differently or maybe learn a new thing so I could fix this? And yeah, so, so yeah, so I think uh, one thing that I had to learn here was the, the way people even communicate and behave is, I guess, is part of uh, moving to another culture. So for me at the beginning was a little bit tough mm -hmm. that uh, let's say people could be very friendly um, at the office, but then, well, completely different than in Latin America is that, oh, let's go for beer after. Oh yeah, la 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 la. So it's a, everybody's very welcoming in that sense. Um, very warm, I guess. Mm -hmm. And here it wasn't the same. So I have to I have to learn to a little bit to keep my distance, mm -hmm. <laughs> not be that intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, saying hi with a kiss, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was something that I have to to unlearn mm -hmm. to not say hi with a with yeah. a kiss or a hug. Not everybody's willing to do that, uh, but eventually. They do, mm -hmm. like, mm, everybody start getting used to everybody's personality. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, I have a friend that he used to, like the first time I say hi to him with a kiss, he just froze. <laughs> he's, he's, he was like, uh, uh, what should I do? What should I do? Why, why is she hugging me? So it's, <laughs> I could feel, I could see his fear. <laughs> so he said, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <That's true>. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny because everyone that comes from South America complains about that. It's like I was 
going to uh, say hi to someone and I hugged them and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's funny because I have a friend here and I told him that in Brazil, when you meet someone, usually a woman, you mm -hmm. give one kiss, some, in some places two kisses. And in some places, three kisses. And he yeah. said, oh. well, three is too much, man. I yeah. can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So do you have like, so what about the future? Do you have anything you're looking forward to? Like some, some new challenges or yeah, what, so what your future looks like for you? So in my goals he, uh, from now on is... Uh, well, besides, of course, improve more in, in React and Redux. So it's to start learning more about mentorship uh, so I can be able to help others mm -hmm. to develop in their work life and in a team mostly. So yeah, so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that means well learn a, uh, a lot of uh, agile teamwork um, all these kind of things that are very important mm -hmm. though because we we cannot re uh, we cannot forget as developers that we have to work as a team mm -hmm. it's not just coding mm -hmm. so if you don't if you don't have someone that is uh, aware of uh, how to handle people or how to make the team work better together so it could be tough mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's interesting to hear that because i see many developers that are very concerned with the code so they want to make their code fast and efficient and the best looking code but then they don't pay attention to the cultural side of software developments or the communication side you know so they're very good at what they do they're ve very good coders but they're not very good at teamwork you know and it's yeah. very it's, it's hard to balance that because at during college or university you, you like they they teach us how to make efficient code good algorithms and stuff but the human side of this equation is not very well discussed you know so you have an, an opinion about that yeah so you have to you start you have to start getting aware of when you are just focusing only in coding and you're not communicating with the team uh, it's not that you have to you need someone in the team just always poking you mm -hmm. <coughs> because at the end at the end uh, could be the best best developer ever but uh, nobody's able to have a coffee with you mm -hmm. so that's a lot to say mm -hmm. so in that case if because there are people that are introverts and they mm -hmm. just don't like to talk with others that and that's completely valid but uh, at least you have to even though you don't like to go to parties or having coffee with anyone you have to be able to talk to others and let others help you too 
or mm-hmm. try to help others. Uh, that's uh, something that you have to learn if you want to work as a team. Uh, I know that the, in the university you, you will never learn how to work with other people. So that's uh, quite a, an experience you start getting from when you're going from one job to the other. So you have to keep that in the back of your head. Okay, so that was a really good conversation. And if our listeners want to reach out to you, can we link your, I don't know, your LinkedIn or your website or something? Yeah, like the best way is my using my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So it's Glady Mendoza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll provide <laughs> so the link yeah. at the description notes. Yeah, <laughs> because it's complicated. Uh, the my name in English is not easier <laughs> to pronounce. <laughs> That's fine. I will leave the link for everyone. So if you have if you have something to say to Glady, um, you have the link. So thank you so much, Glady, for joining us today. Yeah, I'm sure people will find it really interesting, and I think we discussed a lot of interesting topics. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for calling me. It has been very nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time on Hextev's podcast. Mm-hmm.